It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm good with them going either way as long as we're playing our butts off. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 679 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, March the 11th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of Raptors.com for the month of March. Go check out my stuff over there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Woodley Sean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors on Twitter, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network, where we have like 160-something shows covering all the teams you could ever imagine in the Big Four Sports plus the NCAA over on the Locked on Podcast Network. Please make sure you're subscribing to, rating, and reviewing all the shows that you want to support. If there's a team that you're particularly interested in, say the Golden State Warriors, who are set to play in front of an empty arena tomorrow night at Chase Center, as per a report from Mark Stein just a little while before I started recording, please make sure you're checking out Locked On Warriors. You can also do that with Locked On Sharks, uh, as they are uh, the San Jose Sharks are not playing uh, in front of fans in their next game as well. Their next three games, I think, will be played in front of no fans, so make sure you're listening to Locked On Sharks to get the lowdown on what that's going to be like as well. Very, very strange times in sports today, and, and this is a bit of a different episode. The Raptors are off for what what is the second of what f- was going to feel like 10 days, I'm sure, uh, with this week being a week from hell across the entire globe. Um, but so today we're going to deviate a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about the coronavirus thing and just sort of how it's going to affect things. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not offering advice or anything like that, but it is worth discussing and talking about and sort of thinking about where this goes from here. Because it's kind of unprecedented right now. We're seeing it over in Europe with Champions League games and Europa League games and league games all shut down or playing in front of no fans. The entirety of Italy is just chilling for a little while right now. Um, and so it's definitely worth talking about because it feels very much like it's coming this way, especially with America being uh, in no fit shape to stop any sort of outbreak. So we'll talk about that today. Also want to talk about the news that uh, our friend Lewis was in town yesterday to cover here in Hamilton as the Canadian Elite Basketball League announced they're going to have a Northern Showcase game against the men's national team of Canada ahead of their trip out to Victoria for the last chance FIBA qualifier tournament for the Olympics that may or may not happen maybe the tournament doesn't happen none of the, it's all hypotheticals at this point we have no goddamn clue but the men's national basketball team will be in Hamilton where I live right around the corner from my house at first Ontario Center taking on the CEBL all-star team comprised of players from three of the teams in the league just because of the schedules and the the travel of all the teams only three really really worked for but Still, it's going to be awesome, and we'll talk about that. I kind of want to give people a bit of, a, of, an, of an impression of what the CEBL is. I think you guys all know that I do play-by-play for the CEBL. I do a podcast covering the league as well. Uh, I spent a lot of time thinking and talking about that league. And yes, I'm biased. I'm inside it, and I feel probably more of a connection to the league than most. But 
with the national team coming to town, all the national team players, uh, and, and Nick Nurse, obviously, as well, uh, unless the Raptors are in the finals on June 12th, which I guess could happen potentially, uh, and, and derail things here and derail the Raptors connection. But still, with all of that being involved and with Nick Nurse being involved, I thought I would take some time to talk about that. So we'll get into that later on in the show, too. Let's get into the coronavirus stuff. The latest is uh, down from Mark Stein and I guess all the other reporters who got the email. Shouts to Sean Hyken. Um, the Golden State Warriors are going to play in front of no fans in their next game against the Brooklyn Nets. And it sounds like a bunch of their games are at risk of being canceled in the coming weeks or at least being played in front of no fans at Chase Center. All other events at Chase Center have been canceled. Not surprising considering just up the road in San Jose, the San Jose Sharks uh, ruled that they were going to play in front of no fans for the next three games. Um, so it's it's definitely coming for everybody i think I, I, it's weird talking about this in canada i think because i do think it's sort of a position of privilege a little bit at least for now it seems like the outbreak in canada is on track to be a little less significant than the united states obviously the states has hundreds of millions more people than canada does but also it seems as though canada actually has like a response in place and is ready to you know implement actions to stop the outbreak and you know, ensure that the health system isn't overloaded. It doesn't sound like that's going on in the States at all right now. And so it's a little bit difficult because I feel like there's a very good chance that up here in Canada, we're a little bit less affected. That said, I think everyone should just do do your, do the smart thing. Wash your damn hands. Don't go out if you don't have to. Like, don't like, go to huge crowds. I'm contemplating whether even, like, I'm going to be going to the Raptors game on Saturday against the Pistons. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm kind of obligated to because I'm working for the team right now. But it's just, it's very... Very weird and tenuous, and I think everyone should be taking it as seriously as I think it's become over the last couple of days obvious that people should be, and that other countries are clearly taking it, because... Look, it's it's not going to kill everybody. It, the the fatality rate seems to be slowing in the in the areas where the outbreak first took place. China, South Korea, the you know the fatality rate I think is somewhere around three percent right now, but a lot of projections say that it's going to dip significantly. That doesn't mean it's not serious. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of people who are at risk. I'm sure everyone has people in their lives who are 70 years or older or who have pre-existing conditions that might be more exposed and more at risk of potentially dying as a result of contracting coronavirus. So, like, just on that level, everyone should kind of be, you know, being safe about it. Um, the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, all the MLSE productions as well have said that if you have any sort of symptoms, if you're sick at all and you uh, test positive for coronavirus, or even if you get screened for it, I'm not exactly sure what the stipulations are. I would assume they're pretty lenient with this kind of thing. They have said that they will refund tickets. So if that's a concern for you, if you have tickets to the Raptors game against the Pistons on Saturday and you're like, damn, I really got to go to that game. Those tickets cost me $150 as Raptors tickets are wont to do. You will get your money back. That, like, don't make that a concern. And I, I just think everyone's got to be smart about it. Don't be selfish. Like, just we're all in this together. There are lots of people who are at risk, and you know, it takes one person you know near you to you know contract the disease and die, die from it if they're if they're at risk from it, or even if not, we don't really know. It's still so new. We don't really know what it's all about. So I would just say, you know, exercise caution. Don't be idiots. Don't be assholes. And don't think it's not serious because it is. I don't know why I'm preaching to you like you're my children, but it just feels like a thing we got to talk about today. It's very very strange how much. This this has enveloped the sports world and how much it seems like it's coming for the NBA very, very soon and has already started to take place. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, The plans, I guess it sounds like for the next couple days, the NBA is going to be talking with the owners, board of governors, the GMs over the next couple days to come up with plans for what to do here. And I don't really see a way in which the season comes to its like natural conclusion the way every other season in modern NBA history has. You know, it feels like something is going to be derailed here, whether it's, you know, empty arenas for for games, which part of me thinks will be like fun and weird and interesting to watch (laughs) and kind of a little bit looking forward to the idea of like Jack Armstrong getting jacked up and screaming, get that garbage out of here and have it like, echo through the arena and have the players all hear it like there seems to be some sort of weird quirky charm that we are not really thinking about when it comes to the encore product without fans in the arena that I think will at least make it interesting if we ended up in a period where the next month of games in the entire league is played in front of no fans I think we'll be able to derive some joy and some entertainment out of it for sure it might get old um, and you know I'm sure mascots will get bored and I'm sure Strizzy uh, of the Raptors <laughs> game op staff will get uh, a little tired of screaming the starting lineups into nothing if that's what he does will he scream the starting lineups into nothing I don't know this is all very fascinating to me and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out if in if in fact all of this does come to pass but uh, honestly I, I think the way to go here might just be to just say let's put it on hold for a month yes it's inconvenient yes it throws off the calendar yes it throws off the summers yes Katie Katie Heindel's summer vacation watch is going to be thrown for a loop if the if the season is pushed back a month and a half or two months and played into August like all these things could happen for sure but you know, extraordinary circumstances kind of call for extraordinary measures. And there have been times in the past where the season has been played on a weird schedule. They've, you know, they started the season at Christmas before. They've started it after Christmas before, like February, I believe, back in 1998, 1999, when they had the lockout shortened season. Like, things that are far less serious and wide-reaching than a global pandemic have caused disruptions in the sports calendar. And ultimately, you know, this will move on. This will pass at, in time as all of these pandemics do and you hope that like the athletes and everything are safe and not exposed and honestly again this kind of goes back to why I think they should maybe just pause the entire schedule for a couple months just because like it's not just the fans like players I think the point was made by Gino Oriyama this week like these players are sweating all over each other in close quarters running into each other for two straight hours every single game I mean this like obviously is not the best like I don't think like health or like health officials are going to be looking at NBA games and saying yes that's a positive environment in which there will be no transmitting of the disease like it it seems like itself a pretty volatile thing to have going on playing actual basketball games when you you don't know who's going to be sick with the sort of the, the the dormant period it seems the virus has where people can still be contagious without even knowing they have symptoms some people get the virus but don't develop symptoms at all because it's not like a terribly serious illness for some people like and they can still transmit it and then that goes on to other people like with all of the uncertainty and all that we don't know it just feels way smarter to just say all right yes basketball is important and we like basketball and we love money 
But maybe we just put this thing on pause for a little bit, let this thing die down. We were already seeing in China and South Korea the number of cases is going down. Seems like the outbreak's been contained. And these are the only types of measures stopping these big group mass gatherings and, you know, ensuring that, you know, people are staying as far away from groups and, and potential centers for transmitting the disease as possible. Like that feels like the most foolproof way to ensure that even greater sort of derailments of the schedule you would like to have down the line don't happen. Because like, if you just continue on playing games and trying to make all these measures to not lose money, which let's be honest, all of these things that the NBA that Woj reported last night, all these potential solutions that the NBA is throwing out there, all of them are just ways to ensure that the, that the league is not losing as much money as it, as it could, you know, playing games in front of fans in front of no fans. Like you'll still get the TV element of it. That's good. They'll still, you know, you'll make money off of that gate revenues for a lot of these teams don't really matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. A couple games with no gate revenue is not going to derail a team or cause them to close up shop or anything like that. It's TV revenues that are the biggest thing. And, you know, I think the idea of like playing games in non-infected cities is one of the most fucking idiotic things I've ever heard in my life. Why would you take players who, again, we don't know if they've contracted the disease because they're playing in arenas. They have been playing in the arenas for the last two weeks. These, you know, implementations came in, you know, the media uh, distancing and things like that. They only came in over the last few days. If there's a two week period where you might not know that you have the disease, how are we to know that guys haven't already contracted it? And then if you're going to move teams like from an area where there's heavy outbreak going on in, say, you know, Northern California, and then having the Warriors play in like Calgary or some shit like that, or some other NBA city that doesn't quite have an outbreak going on, that feels like a way to me to guarantee that you transfer the disease to some place that doesn't already have it, which doesn't seem exactly productive to me. As interesting as the idea is of like, oh, hey, Montreal can host an NBA game because Montreal has a low outbreak number right now. They seem to be pretty immune from it or they've done a good job of mitigating it. Um, you know, why not play games there? Great. That would be nice. But you're also totally opening up the possibility that people who are already infected are coming to that city. That seems like like outbreak or pandemic 101 in terms of like things not to do. So I don't think that should be an option. And really, I think as much as I like don't believe this is going to happen because I think capitalism will win out and because the owners and the and the players, you know, the, the people who make these decisions, although some of the owners are like 70 plus people and, you know, those, those are in theory people who would be at risk. A lot of the stakeholders involved, I think, sort of are in a position of privilege where maybe they don't have to worry about it so much. They don't have to worry about healthcare expenses and things like that. If they do contract the illness, if they do need to go to a hospital and have an extended stay, and because they're sort of making these decisions from this perch of privilege, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion they're going to find a way to keep playing games no matter what. And I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. I think they should just cancel the games, move them down the line. If you cancel the season, you know, that's a bummer. So be it like that. That sucks. That's, you know, that you, that's obviously the last resort you'd want to go to. But I also think the way that it's gone everywhere in the world, when you're seeing Italy with 60 million people on lockdown with their health, some of the reports coming out of there right now, their healthcare system is on the verge of collapse. I don't know why you would risk it in the name of some sports sport. We love the sports. God, we love the sports so much. But I don't really see why or in like a world in which sports are worth it when there's like literal lives at stake. There's a potential mass outbreak in the states that really, if you're looking at the trends, I mean, I think they're already over a thousand cases right now. And if you're looking at 
just like the perfect toxic stew within which uh, an outbreak can, you know, get really, really serious. It feels like the United States have the perfect recipe or the imperfect recipe for something like that right now. Uh, some more news came down just as we're recording that Ohio has banned mass gatherings. So we're, I think we'll see that for uh, Cleveland, obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'm not sure how many fans are going to those games right now anyway. Um, you're going to have the NCAA tournament. I believe the first four is always held in Dayton, Ohio. That's obviously going to be affected here too. They should probably just cancel the NCAA tournament too. I have even less faith that the NCAA is going to make the right human decision and uh, you know avoid the, the the crush of capitalism in their decision making. Um, but it's all it's all very messed up right now, man. And it, like I'm sure there's going to be way more that even comes out over the next little while, even before this post. It feels like every half hour there's some new development coming out. Um, so we'll obviously keep you up to date on all that as we go through um, this week with the podcast podcast as we have a lot of off days i just i hope that cooler non-capitalist heads prevail here and you know at the same time this is the people who you really need to think about here are not the fans who are upset they can't go to the game it's the people who work in the arenas like the people who rely on that income to you know probably minimum wage income to survive and like i would hope I would hope that the NBA teams are supplementing that somehow and subsidizing the losses of wages that are going to happen to people. You know, the the Chase Center, as I mentioned last week, is like the late stage capitalism hell building with butlers and, you know, $100,000 suites that you can rent for the year. I would really hope that we hit the amount of money in that franchise in that area that the arena workers who are a going to be, you know, some of the most people, some of the people who maybe were at most risk of contracting the disease in the last couple of weeks as the outbreak started, started to go and get rolling. Um, and you who may have healthcare costs and things like that, the people who aren't going to be working these games, like they're the people I'm actually feeling for right now, not the fans, not anything else. So um, it's all very weird, man. It's a very strange time. And I feel like I should probably, stop talking about it for now because again it just feels like things are changing over and over and, and it's just never going to stop uh with, with new updates coming down on this thing because it's insanely fast moving and it seems like america is just like a powder keg ready to explode with it right now so uh we'll keep you updated all week obviously with the podcast but for now i want to take uh, a quick pivot and we'll talk about something positive and nice which is the northern showcase the cebl team canada all-star showcase game that's going to happen in the tune-up to the Victoria tournament. Hopefully it'll happen. We'll see. Uh, you know, we're three months away from that, so I feel like it likely will happen. But um, if not, if the proper measures aren't taken, then maybe not. Either way, we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about Blinkist. Blinkist is one of the ultimate life hacks. It's hard to find a time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app, though, that gives this problem a solution, and I highly recommended. It is called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, to health and history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time to. 
I like Blinkist because, look, I, I want to read a lot of books, but I'm a bad reader. It takes me a lot of time to sit down and really sort of dive into a book and psych myself up to do it, but Blinkist makes it so much easier to just get the main stuff into me. I use Blinkist when I'm taking the GO train to a Raptors game and I need some time to kill. There's lots of great stuff on Blinkist that you can check out, including Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond, which sounds very, very timely right now. You've also got the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and in addition, you got some sports titles as well, including the Sports Gene by David Epstein. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a free special offer for our audience. Just go to Blinkist.com NBA and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we should close the show by taking a bit of a more positive turn, I suppose, and talking about something that is nice and cool and good that is happening, or at least probably will be happening unless the hells of the world cause it to not happen on on June 12th in Hamilton. Uh, But that date, June 12th, it's a Friday in Hamilton, Ontario. Team Canada will begin their tune-up schedule ahead of the FIBA Last Chance Qualifier Tournament in order to make the Olympics uh, in in Hamilton. They'll take on the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League's all-star team, which will be comprised of players from three of the teams in the CEBL, the Hamilton and Honey Badgers, the team that plays like a 10-minute walk from my house, the Niagara River, the Niagara River Lions, and the Ottawa Blackjacks, the expansion team that Dave Smart, the genius behind the Carlton Ravens basketball program, which just won their 15th straight or 15th title in the last 18 years. Uh, he's the GM of that team. So big names involved. Uh, if you, you may know Jermaine Anderson, Rock, sort of the linchpin of those mid-2000s Team Canada teams. He was a point guard on those teams for a very long time under Leo Routens, Jay Triano. Uh, obviously, you know, those teams were never successful, but Jay, Jermaine Anderson was, uh, like, there's a reason his nickname is The Rock. He was there through some pretty tough times and was always counted on and relied upon for Team Canada. He is the GM of the Hamilton Honey Badgers, and down in Niagara, the head coach of the CBL All-Star team is also the head coach of the River Lions, Vic Razzo, who uh, Raptors fans might know. He did some blogging for Raptors Republic not long ago, I think last year before he got the River Lions job, and also is a former Carlton guy. He won a couple titles there with Dave Smart and uh, has done an awesome job and put together a really almost like Nick Nurse style team last season for Niagara. Just really really well coached, really well put together, creative stylings, you know, went with a bunch of different lineup combinations and things like that. Uh, very cool was the Vic Razzo experience. And so he's going to be coaching the CEBL all-star team as they take on the NBA player loaded team Canada, which, you know, obviously the way the NBA playoffs will go will determine a lot of this. If the, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder makes some miraculous run to the conference finals or the finals, then maybe Shea Gilgis-Alexander is ruled out. If the Denver Nuggets make a finals run, which I guess is a little more likely than the Thunder, or maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, the Thunder don't have, or sorry, the D- Nuggets don't have Chris Paul as a, as a, 
crazy bastard out there just like winning games on his own. Um, and so, but either way, Jamal Murray, if the Nuggets make the finals, might not be available. But for the most part, it seems like most of the Canadian guys are going to be there. You're going to have Brandon Clark, hopefully, a bunch of those Grizzlies guys. I think there's a couple. Yeah, Dylan Brooks over there as well. You'll have, uh, if the Raptors aren't in there, Chris Boucher most likely. It seems like a pretty NBA-heavy team. Lots of commits. You know, whether Andrew Wiggins plays, I'm not sure, but he will certainly be available as he is now a Golden State Warrior. I guess he would have been available as a member of the Wolves as well. Um, But either way, all those guys are going to be playing in Hamilton at First Ontario Center, home of the Hamilton Honey Badgers. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be... I think uh, a nice introduction to the CEBL for people. And for those who don't know, this is going to be the second year of operation for the CEBL. Again, full disclosure, I'm the play-by-play guy for the league. I cover the league a lot. I have some close ties to the league, and I've been sort of with the league since things got going. And so I'm probably a little bit biased and close to the situation to offer an entirely clear view of it. But at the same time, I can vouch, like, it's very good basketball. I am not, like, one who loves to suffer terrible basketball. I haven't watched a Knicks game all season long for that very reason. The CBL is good. It's got really good Canadians. It's, the you know, the hub where a lot of Canadians play. And I think we're going to see way more Canadians play in year two of the league because I think a lot of people were looking at year one and saying, all right, what is this league? I don't want to jump in just yet, but maybe I will in, in some time. But we saw, even at the end of the season last year, after it was established, we saw uh, in Hamilton, they signed Dwayne Notice, who is playing right now for Raptors 905, doing a damn good job playing for Raptors 905 as well, as well as a 905er in Mikhail McIntosh, who's not with a 905 this season, but was last year and was a big part of that team. He is also, or he was uh, part of the Hamilton Honey Badgers for a second. Xavier Rathon Mays, who you probably know from his time at Florida State and then bouncing around the G League. He played an NBA game or two with the Memphis Grizzlies a little while back. He played in the league and has the single game uh, record for points in a game with 37, despite only playing five games in regular season play. Very cool stuff. And the nice thing about the CEBL this summer is that I think we're going to see a lot of guys who would otherwise be in the national team conversation who were on the team last year as they went to China and uh, were kind of put in a position to fail by Canada basketball a little bit. Um, th- like Those guys will be playing in the CEBL. I think a lot of those guys are going to be playing in the CEBL, including guys like the Scrub Brothers and uh, Aaron Best and-, and some of the other guys who played for the national team last year, guys who have had some Raptors 905 exposure, Raptors Summer League exposure. Um, this is not going to be a team of nobodies who you've never heard of. I, I think it's going to be mostly Canadians. There might be a couple import guys who fill out the roster, but the import guys have been pretty good as well. I mean, the, the guys they bring in for import spots are, are G-leaguers, basically. Um, and, you know, a couple of them have been fantastic G-leaguers. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this roster comes together. Again, it's only three teams that are involved, Hamilton, Niagara, and Ottawa, just because the schedule at that time for the CEBL has uh, all the other teams out on West Coast trips and things like that. But it's still going to be a well put together team. There's you know lots of talent. There's you know guys who just played for the FIBA America Cup team that have already signed up to play in the CEBL this year, including Trey Bell Haynes, who is a point guard. You might remember him from his days at Vermont when he was a very good player there and is now playing for Niagara. He was one of the best players in the league last season as their point guard. He played for the Wisconsin Herd in the G League the year before that. Again, guys with pedigrees, guys with not nothing on their resume, and and I think it's going to be a great opportunity to. Come kind of expose the CEBL to people who are not quite wise to it. And look, frankly, as much as I love the Raptors and as much as I currently work for the Raptors, it's undeniable that Raptors tickets are insanely expensive and it's not an affordable hobby for a lot of people. 
you know, maybe not, maybe getting up to Hamilton is kind of a pain in the butt, but Hamilton Honey Badger's tickets are cheap. Like, it's a fun, like, family friendly environment, all that good stuff. And my hope is that, like, this league, which is going to take place in the summers, which is going to be a downtime, a place where guys in the off season from their seasons abroad in Europe and whatnot come to play and still keep their skills fresh and get to play year round and make money and play at home. Like, I think it has a chance to be a really, really awesome thing for people to get into in the summers. You know, there's going to be the team in Ottawa. I know we have a lot of listeners in Ottawa. I would highly recommend checking out Blackjack's games because that Lansdowne environment is going to be amazing. And the, the I mean, Dave Smart's putting that team together. He's Dave Smart. He's going to figure it out, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I think most of the GMs in the league are terrified of what Dave Smart's doing. Uh, and I think there's going to be some surprises in terms of guys who play. I, I really do. I, and I'm excited to see all those names come together. But either way, uh, that's enough shilling for the CEBL for now. I just wanted to pass that along, that fun news that the CEBL and Team Canada, coached by Nick Nurse, assuming the Raptors are not in the finals at that point, um, which probably is more likely than not at this point. But who knows? The Raptors are awesome, and they might be there anyway, and this might cause the the Raptors connection to not be there anymore for Team Canada. But still, the Team Canada connection will be, um, and tickets are all available and stuff like that too. So I highly recommend. And you can come hang out with me too. We can go out for beers afterwards, and that will be very, very fun. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for today's show weird show down day for the raptors not much going on they might practice tomorrow i'm not sure if they will if they do i'll try to get some audio maybe record a podcast from practice tomorrow um or something along those lines if not we'll uh we'll continue on with the podcast thing here i can promise you this if the nba cancels games for a month month and a half there will be some insanely Sean-ass content coming out of this podcast. We will get esoteric. We will get deep into the history. Maybe we'll have some more trivia. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun to sort of fill those days because, buddy, we're still a daily podcast even if the NBA is not playing games. So uh, that you can look forward to as well. You can be quarantined at home on lockdown and listen to Locked On Raptors every single day. Hope I didn't turn anybody off the idea of quarantining. Please take care of yourselves. Be healthy. Don't go and you know cough. Cover your mouth. Wash your damn hands. Do all that stuff. Um, but if all else fails, you'll have this podcast covering you all through the downtime if that does, in fact, come to pass in the NBA. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to, rate, and review not only this show, but all of the other Locked On podcast offerings. It is very much appreciated when you take the time to do that. Now, if you would be so kind, tell your smart device to go and play Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews and hear all about Nate Pearson, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and all the good boys down there in Dunedin getting things going in Blue Jays spring training. Great stuff. Uh, Go listen to AJ. Subscribe, rate, review all the shows that you want to support. It's much appreciated. And we will talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.